Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 91. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have the 2019 ADCC World Champion and the co-founder of the Soul Fighters Jiu-Jitsu Association, Augusto Tanquinho Mendes. He shared that his discipline is a habit that he practiced daily and is responsible for his success on and off the mats. He shared his ADCC experience, and my takeaway from the interview was when he talked about being honest to yourself, which inspired me to title this episode, Be Honest to Yourself. Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I expand on the topic of being honest to yourself. Stay tuned right after Jiu-Jitsu Tribe's message. Us. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe, formerly Live Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu Tribe supports social projects who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to pay for their monthly expenses and facility makeovers. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Jiu-Jitsu Tribe. For more information, please visit www.jujitsutribe.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Augusto Tanquinho Mendes. Tanquinho is uh, an, an IBJJF Black Belt World Champion in both Gi and Ogi and the 2019 ADCC World Championship Gold Medalist. He's a former UFC fighter and one of the co-founders of Soul Fighters, one of the largest jiu-jitsu associations in the world. Tanquinho, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Welcome, Gustavo, to have me here. It's a big pleasure. Uh, and thank you again. Yes, for people who don't know, Tanquinho lives in Arizona. That's where I live too. And got his academy here, got his affiliates. Well, you guys got affiliates all over the world. We're going to be yeah. talking a little bit more about that. But first, just tell us a little bit how martial arts got into your life. And then eventually, if you had, if you trained anything besides jujitsu, and then eventually jujitsu. So, how was it? Well, I never did any martial arts before, you know, like I was born in Brazil, right? So I'm Brazilian. And uh, when I was there, like I think 90% of the people there, we, I was trying to be a soccer player, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and my my brother started training jiu-jitsu first than me. He found an academy there uh, on our neighborhood. And every year, for one year, he Every time that he has come back home, he was like inviting me to go to the training, to watch him, to see him, or and to do a class. And I never wanted to try, but one day eventually I said, "Okay, I go there," and I never stopped. After that was my first class. Never stopped training jiu-jitsu. That's how I got into the jiu-jitsu, and and like I said, I never stopped, man. And what year was that? It was 1996, end of 1996, October 1996. So it's been a while. Right on. So now, how do you feel jiu-jitsu relate to life? Yeah, I, th I think it's all all connected, you know? Like, in jiu-jitsu, you're going to pass the ups and downs in your, your, your uh, journey, you know, like your career. And, and I think life is kind of similar. You're gonna have the, the moments that you need to to think and like slow down and and work uh, the things that you need to to work. You know, like I, I think jujitsu help you to that. You know, gather the confidence and and at least for me, like I I always stop and, and think about do anything, and I think that that factor came from jujitsu for me. I mean, jujitsu you need to to calculate the moves. And give it a try one thing, try another move or another situation, and and I think that's kind of kind of helped me 
through my life too, you know, like to, to stop and thinking before taking actions. And so I, I think it's all related, you know. For sure. And when did you feel that you had that moment that you realized, you know what, I think I want to do this for a living. I want to pursue jujitsu. Do you remember when was that moment? Well, I, I think it was uh, probably in the 1999 or 2000. That was the one with the blue belt. And they started to have good results in, in, in the tournaments. You know what I mean? And then started to to start to see jiu-jitsu differently. You know, before it was just to have fun. I was having fun in the academy. My brothers helped me. I felt a good atmosphere on the on the academy. So that was um, made me stay in training. But um, after that, I started to to compete more. Started having fun. Started to visualize that I could have a career there. You know what I mean? And I think it was like. Probably after 2000. That's when I won my first world championship as a blue belt. And then I started to, to see that I, I could go far on the sport, you know. Yeah. And did you get, did you teach in Brazil too? Yeah, yeah. It was a, around the same time that I started to teaching. I was not like the, the main instructor, I was, was just helping. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, a, um, a helper. But, but um, to be honest, I started helping teaching jiu-jitsu just to be more time in the mat you know it was not something that i really wanted to do it's not uh that i was thinking about the career there it was just because i have to i want to have more extra training i want to be more time in the mats and drill more training more and the way that i found was to be there on the academy I eventually started to help and and that's how it started it was around the same time 1999 and how was the process when you decided to actually open up your own school that it's always um, it can be pretty stressful, you know, because yes. you don't know. Uh, now it's not like you have a salary waiting for you. You got to every day you got to make stuff happen. So how was the mindset when you decided to open the school and how long ago was it? Uh, there was a. Three, almost four years ago. I would say almost four years ago here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I decided to open the academy kind of like from nowhere. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was uh, running the UFC. I was training, you know, I've been competing jiu-jitsu for a while. And then, but I got a, an injury on my knee. I need to pass through um, ACL surgery. So I knew it was going to be out for six months to a year for to any comp competition and then i decided well i don't want to you know what i mean be just waiting you know what i mean sitting on my couch and i mean don't do nothing i said i'm gonna use that time that year that i'm gonna have putting my energy to open my academy and start to build up something for the future you know so that's what i did like right after the surgery, I started the process. You know what I mean? Like you said, it's super stressful. It was not easy at all. You know what I mean? Starting there from zero and uh, and started to work, you know? So it was, that's when we started to do everything, but it was not easy. Yeah. And now that we have the academy for almost four years, what did you say is some of the the toughest entrepreneurial experiences that you have, you know, because when we, the same way they used, uh, you open a school and I open mine, it's not like we yes. went to a school of, to like, this is how you run the jujitsu school. It, you just make the mistakes and go along. And a lot yes. of the things that, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for a long time and I still learn and I still make mistakes all the time. But what is, what did you say? It's one struggle that, you didn't know and then you discovered just of running a business and what did you learn from it? Well, it was exactly like that. The opening up a jiu-jitsu academy is not just about jiu-jitsu. You know, you're not just go there and, and show some techniques and there is a lot of more things are involving. And, uh, and it, like I said, the one I opened it was just because I heard my knee. I said, okay, I'm going to open academy and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start to, to teaching. And then I realized it's way more than that. You know, that's all the aspects of the business around that I didn't have any idea before. And then 
I start to to realize that I need to to do the marketing, you know, like to the 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 systems to to have the students, all that sport and it, well, there's a, a lot of stuff, right? And then it took me a while, like you said, still learning. I'm still learning, you know, and um, and I made a lot of mistakes through the through the years, but little by little gonna be fixing. And like I said, the only thing that I I think it helped me is being helped me is like sitting and and um, understand that what I'm doing and recognize when it's right, when it's not, mm-hmm. and changing, making changes, and try again. You know, and yeah. And, and this is a. I think this is for any business, regardless if it's jiu-jitsu or not. Yeah. It's super important to be, I mean, we're going to be trying new things, new strategies in the marketing yeah. or whatever. And I love to tell, you know, especially for the people who are listening right now. And sometimes people do like some marketing campaign and it doesn't work. And then they say like, oh, that doesn't work. I'm like, man, that specific campaign didn't work. Yeah. Maybe the company that you worked with. Uh, yeah. maybe didn't meet your needs, but it doesn't mean that marketing doesn't work. You know, you, no, you, yeah, have, you have to invest. And I made over the years so many bad decisions with marketing that you put some money and be like, well, that was straight on the toilet. That didn't bring anything <laughs> at all. But That's it, how again, I feel. <laughs> yeah, it's part, it's part of the, the growing process, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like I, the day I was talking to my wife, you know, the year that I opened through now, did I, I change almost everything? You know what I mean? Like since I opened from the memberships for for the structure of the academy, the classes, everything I I change it all. Even location, I change locations. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of a lot of things that I uh, with, with that just four years I I had that right change it. You know. So yeah. and and but I, I think was. that's the most. Go ahead. I like. I think that's the most thing that I learned. You know what I mean, it's not just about jujitsu, or if you go to any other business, it's not gonna be think just about the subject of the business. You know, like you need to to really uh, understand everything and or have a group, a staff helping you out uh, with that. Uh, in my case, it didn't happen, and it was just me to do everything, you know. I think that's what was harder because I was learning slowly, you know. Right now, uh, is your team, team that I'm seeing, you know, staff and people who help you, uh, is it growing right now? How is that going? It's been growing. Like, uh, like I have two more people who help me, you know what I mean? Um, like I said, I'm, I have just one academy, you know what I mean? I'm still learning, still growing so i don't have i don't need to have like a big team mm-hmm. as the everything's keep growing of course i'm gonna have more people because you you know and we we can't do everything you know we have so many projects so many things that we want to do and uh and i think that's one of the parts to be successful you know you you share that with people that you trust and people that uh are, are part of your staff and and they're gonna help you to to grow everything for you too, you know. Yeah, and man, one thing that I mean, I've been through in different moments, and I know that people who are listening, who run a business, have been to this point too. It's with it's rough when sometimes you're in a point that okay. I'm doing good, but not as good to bring another employee. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. kind of like in that, that tipping yep. point. And sometimes I, I feel when I look back, when I, when I made some risky, let's say moves, um, sometimes hiring someone when I couldn't really do it, mm-hmm. uh, it paid off, but it was more like, okay, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to try this. We're going to try for 90 days. And if it works well, and then I see that we can really afford, and are you willing to do that? And um, and and let's go and make it happen. So it's kind of planning. Okay, how if if I don't make any extra money, how much can I really afford this person without getting in trouble? So sometimes in that transition is just just pulling the trigger and like man, yeah, yeah. taking the risk. And again, not always. It's going to work the way we want. Yeah. But 
uh, at one point, especially with you having your family and you travel, have your association, you need the show to keep running without you being around. Exactly. Yeah. Creating that system, I have to say that it has been when I'm asking about struggle, man, I think it's got to be my toughest struggle is create systems you know put systems in place and that take a long time and it take a lot of mess up takes, from our yeah. part to uh to build this so i feel like i'm every year i'm getting better but i'm still man so much room to improve you know what i mean oh definitely like i'm i'm still learning you know i still ha uh, have a lot of things that i need to to improve and i'm kind of the same of as you you know like <clears throat> i think uh you need to <clears throat> have people to help you, but like sometimes you don't have uh, the 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 extra cash to, to invest or something like that. So it is it is it is hard, but well, sometimes you need to take the risk, no? Yeah. <clears throat> so how is? Right now, running the association because your brother runs this. You guys yeah. run the association. How many affiliates do you have right now? Uh, we have around a hundred affiliates wow. all around the world. Yeah, it's a lot of people, man. So you two, you two manage that, or more people involved? How is that? Uh, well, like my brother is the one responsible for the affiliation. You know, he's way more organized than me, <laughs> and uh, but I, I know, I understand him. He has like his academy too. In Texas, uh, but the business part that you you created, uh, I think he's running really well. You know, I mean, he's, he's my brother too, and also I really trust him. Um, but it's it is hard. I I like to participate, and we we having meetings every week almost, or in two two weeks sometimes on the phone calls. And talk so key points that we need to talk. But we, right in the beginning, we already set everything. You know, we already had the 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 goals, the the values that of the business and everything that we want to, where we want to be, uh, the rules, things like that. And um, but we just talk about some points that uh, we think we need to to talk and, and get in one conclusion. Uh, but I like he run most of the part too, you know, and um, and it's been working. We've been growing a lot. We've been getting a lot of schools, you know, I mean, a lot of um, good people, you know, what I mean, that share the same idea of us. You know, I mean, you just don't want to be like a a jiu-jitsu academy. You, know I mean? you want want to have like a, a family environment and help people, not just to become like world champions, but like to become like successful in their lives. You know, that's, that's what's the main goal of the, the soul fighters. You know what I mean? And you've and been working really well for us. Yeah. It's a lot of work, man. Especially it with is. this, this many, I mean, you got to think about quality control or got to think yes. about merchandise. And I can't imagine a hundred, you know, let's say a hundred schools. That's a lot of relationships to maintain, you it know, is. and it's hard to get everyone the same boat. So that is a that is a tough task. It is, but like I said, we we try to keep, um, like I said, the people who share the same idea of us. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, if the person doesn't fit it, you know what I mean? You're gonna split. That that's the natural process, you know. Like for one side to another, sometimes we. we we think they, that school is not falling, is not fitting well for us, and vice versa. We just go talk, and that's it. And then the life moves on. Yeah. You know? So we're talking a little bit before we start the interview, and um, I was asking what some of the things that you like to share with your students or when you go to seminar, things that, that you believe that you do your mm -hmm. best to share with people. So I wanted to expand and share with the listeners what you're sharing with me about being honest with you to yourself. Yeah, I think it's really important. That's one of the kind of like key points that anyone, not just about jiu-jitsu, but anyone in your life you need to, to have. You need to be honest with yourself. 
and where you at right now you know what I mean in, in your career in your uh, journey your business in your jiu-jitsu you, you just need to be honest and see uh, re recognizing if you need to make changes if you need to to stop one thing or try another one because it's really easy to people um, accept and, and get used and comfortable you know what I mean saying things oh no that's enough that's good or I'm already making that amount of money that's enough for me to pay my bills or blah 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 or I'm happy with my guard if you go to jiu-jitsu you know what I mean I don't need to, to improve anymore I don't need to be a top player or I don't need to learn a takedown and that goes on and on. So we need to be honest and with you and that's what I try to do. That's what I did in my whole life. Uh, not just in jiu-jitsu, like with the business. Like I, when I opened the academy, like we were talking, like I made a lot of mistakes and I need to sit down and be honest and say like that's not working that way. I need to change right now. If not, in a few months, I need to close. So I made the change, everything got better, and then all the changes came. So I think being honest is a, is a quality that we need to have and forget about uh, other ones. Forget about the, the ego that you might have inside you. I mean, a lot of people don't do that. They, they have too much ego that they don't want to, to ask for help. Sometimes being honest, you need help. So... You need help, you need to be honest and go there and ask someone to help you. And that's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I believe, you know. So I just encourage people every time that I talk to them, uh, one of the, the values that I think it is important to have. And I think to be honest is a great value, you know. Yeah, and to be surrounded by positive people that you trust that sometimes can be honest with you because sometimes you yep. don't there's something happening that you just don't see it but it has to be someone that you fully trust and know that they want the best for you for you to not necessarily to agree but at least take think a moment about, to yes. you know what let me think about this and yes. then reflect so this is super important too you know? it is that's super important because that can go wrong really easy you know, you can have someone that uh, um, come and start to be negative with something, and you know, I mean, make you make make you make that bad decision, or so. You really need to be someone that you really trust and and understand. You know that that person really well. You know, I mean, at least for me, I'm I'm one kind of person that I I like to listen to everyone. And I, I like to have my own conclusions. You know what I mean? I, I, every time someone comes to me, I'm going to listen. And like you said, I'm going to say, okay, I'm, let me think about it. I'm going to spend how many time I need to spend on that subject to, to, to think and, and make my conclusion, you know. And uh, you need to really filter that. You know what I mean? Filter who is who is someone who's trying to help you who's not or i trust that person i don't trust that person or and and well the thing the thing with this is that sometimes there are people who love you and care oh, about yeah. you they gonna say something in their mind they helping and protecting you but sometimes their struggle with their low self-esteem or whatever can end up passing their insecurities to you and their mind they're like no man i'm really trying to help you yeah. but they're like but you're not helping you know what i mean yeah, and that's no, how they trying they trying to protect you let's say yeah. and they and a lot of times they they'll be mad if you if you just argue you know i guess then what did they just told you you know what i mean they, they can be really mad and, and and take that wrong because one thing is you go and give some advice to someone or but that's doesn't mean that you need to do it, you know. Absolutely. You need to to think about and and make your conclusions. So what is an example that you can say about being honest to yourself in your 
in your career and your jujitsu career, different moments, doesn't matter, yeah. or belt, or maybe like at the moment that you had to reflect, maybe after your performance or something, and then and then you even said to yourself, man, I have to be honest with myself. I'm going to give you an example that just happened right now, right before the ADCC, right? Um, that was my fifth time competing at ADCC. So I've been competing at ADCC four other times, other editions. That was my fifth time trying to win. And then when I was making my plan to the tournament, my, my schedule, everything, that was one moment that I need to be honest with me, with, you, with myself and me. Because uh, I just sat down and started to think, well, why I didn't win before? Well, what was going on? And then I started to, to go through every year that I competed there, what happened in that moment. You know what I mean? And then I realized that uh, I didn't train enough. You know what I mean? Every year I had different excuses, you know. One year I was competing in the UFC two weeks after that. So I said, no, I'm, I'm focused on my UFC. You know, in fight. That's more important for me. So I, I didn't take seriously the, the tournament. Well, the year, I thought just, just I don't need to do any strength condition. I just train jiu-jitsu as much as I can. But when I got there, I got tired. And that, I was uh, older year, my first year, I, I, I had uh, the the f I removed the four wisdom teeth one week mm. before the ADCC. So I, my my dentist told I would be fine in one week. So when I got there in London, that doesn't happen. You know? mm. I, I was all swollen and they couldn't move, taking antibiotics, you know. So like I said, this year in 2019, before the ADCC, before I signed my camp, I was honest with me. I said, man, like, I need to do everything possible. If I want to be successful, I need to have the discipline to, to follow my schedule and, and do it. You know what I mean? No excuse. Don't, don't try to have two goals at the same time, like I did before. Or I need to, to be a professional athlete. That, that's how is the evolution of the sport. So I need to do strength condition. I have my pro trains. I need to have a good uh, uh, um, diet. So I was honest before, I set everything, and then from there, just follow my schedule, and and I, I got the goal this time, you know. So um, we talk, usually I mentioned that we don't talk too too much about jiu-jitsu, but in, yep. uh, I'm curious too, but like, how did you feel emotionally going into this tournament compared to the other ones? Because I always mentioned that, yeah, hard work is the, the root yeah. of self-confidence. You know, when you, yeah. when you know, like, man, I really did. I really did everything I could. So going into even like to your first match, how, how did you feel emotionally different from the other, the past years? Uh, I think, I think emotionally the part that, uh, like you said, you need to have the confidence because you did the training, you did the hard work, you did the hard part. But for me, I knew it that might be my last one, my last. It's, I don't know if I'm going to compete again in 2021. Just because I'm already 36 years old, I'll be 37 one month, next year will be 38. So I don't know if I'm going to still be able to compete in, on that level uh, in two years. So I knew it before every match that uh, might be my last one. You know what I mean? So that was something that I need to deal inside me and control my emotions. I uh, step in the match because um, it could be my last one. I so do you think that helped you in a way? Do you think that helped well, you in a way or, or? Helped me during my preparation for sure. Right then the tournament, I just need to, to focus on the moment, right? But my preparation, every like I said, I had my schedule and then you have the discipline to follow my schedule. Because a lot of times I was tired, I was like, ah, oh, I think I'm going to skip the, the running today. Or, you know, I, I taught like five class straight, so I'm super tired, I'm not doing the training now. And I said, no, you know, like that, that might be my last one. Or I do everything or, or I not even go there to compete, you know. So that's helped me during my training because I knew it could be my last one. When I was there, was more the pressure, you know what I mean? That could be, and and just like you need to to go deep inside you and, and control your emotions. 
Um, but um, yeah, I think it was more there. And you, overall, uh, of course, you know, we got uh, the outcome that you wanted, but as far as yeah. not talking about the outcome, but as far as the performance goal, what do you please with your performance said, you know, of course, you know, it's always, I did some good things, not so good things, yeah. you know, it's part of it, but overall, or you like at peace with the performance that, you know what, I'm, I'm at peace. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was like, like you said, I always have the little things here that it could do a little bit better. I knew I could do better, but right there is when you're competing, sometimes it's hard you, know? you need to make decisions in like yeah. one second you know so you do what is the best for the moment and like i said everything worked well i was i was ha uh, happy with my performance you know because i could i i didn't feel tired in any match i could push the pace in in all the four match nobody scored a point on me you know what i mean so i was i was really happy with that um I got one submission. I wish I could have more, but but it was happened then, you know. I think I did I did the, what I trained for. Yeah, and so what do you say is a habit that you practice daily that helps you in all areas of your life, in jujitsu or business, mm -hmm. something that you practice daily? Well, I think to be successful, you need to have the discipline. That's it. I think the discipline is gonna help you. You know that helps to. To, to, you know, me or your business or your jujitsu, to to follow your routine or to to grow your academy. You know, you need to have a discipline, or the happy never is gonna happen for you. You know, you need you need to have that. You need to follow a schedule. You need to follow um, a good routine and and be successful. You know. And now, what did you say is some of the best advice that you've ever received? It could be um, any area of your life. Is there anything that um, comes up to your mind? Uh, well, when I started Jiu Jitsu, like I said, in 1999, oh, I said 96, but 99, when I was started to, to take serious and, and understand that I could have a career there. One of my instructors once um, told me that um, if you work hard, really hard, uh, nothing is going to stop you, right? So you need to really work really hard because um, nothing will stop you if you're working hard. So that was my one thing that is sticking in my mind, you know what I mean? And then every time that it was, especially on that time, then the beginning, because you never know what's going to happen, you know what I mean? Um, I started putting my mind and, and it was always trying to work more than anyone in the training, uh, with my condition, with everything. In the beginning, it was, it was something that helped me a lot. If maybe I didn't get that, maybe I would break in some points, you know, through, through my career, my journey, you know. Now, not that you want anything different, but what advice would you give, let's say, to the younger Tonkin about maybe four years ago when you're opening your school? Okay, maybe now that is this this four years experience, you look back again, not that you want anything different, but if you could go back and have a conversation with your younger version and say, like, hey, just give just came here to give you one tip, what that would be that could impact the business? Um I think I would tell anyone to study a little bit before the opening, study every aspect, just studying the, the, the business, study their, your, your competitors, study the locations. You know what I mean? Like the way that I did, I just found one spot and opening without even thinking about nothing. You know what I mean? And like, I, I was learning to, like, in the wrong way you know mm -hmm. so like spend more time like i said uh studying everything um maybe have a team around you people that are uh, especially if they're successful in their careers uh not just with jiu-jitsu but like i think you can really get good uh tips from uh, a successful lawyer or successful doctor or successful 
any kind of entrepreneur, you know, you can get some tips here and there and, and use that to your business. So that's something that I didn't do. Like I said, I opened my academy, but I got hurt. Nobody expected to get hurt. I got hurt. The doctor said, you need to uh, have a surgery in your knee. You're going to be one year out. And I said, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to open academy and start teaching and start to build something for the future. But I don't even study nothing, no. So <laughs> that was, it was wrong, but I was learning, you know. And so, you had like a, a difficult surgery a while back with your neck, right? Yeah, I had a few surgeries, but I had a, a neck fusion. Mm. That was in 2011. Yeah, that's scary, that was, man. That was like, I had like a, a big hernia that was compressed my spinal cord and that was affecting my, my right arm. It was, um, I had atrophy mm -hmm. and all, a lot of muscles. So it was really hard back in the time. The doctor told me that I would never train again. With luck, I'd be able to teach. So uh, in that moment, I thought it was done. You know what I mean? It was, it was a really dark moment of my life. But, I you know, I just, I just pray a lot and I think God bless me, you know, giving me the opportunity to, to, to do what I love, what I was doing my whole life before. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of scary a little bit, but like after that, if you start to think about my biggest titles all came after the surgery, you know? Hmm. So now that I've already passed it, I think that's one thing thing that I need to pass in the moment, you know what I mean? To make me uh, understand more about myself, about my limits, you know? And, and push and you to like, another level, literally. Exactly, exactly. So I, I was, it is hard, but I'm thankful that I passed that experience and, and, and made me who I am now, you know? Yeah, and this is something that I... I've been saying more and more often a podcast, so people have been listening to the past 91 episodes. Maybe it sounds like a broken record, but something that I'm trying to uh, practice more is that sometimes not try to call some undesired events like negative or label let negative positive because maybe something that was negative when it happened like that surgery, of course, an undesired. No one wants to yeah, go through no a surgery. Yeah. You know, so when it's happening, you're like, man, this is so negative. This is horrible. But years later, when you look back and like, man, this was a blessing. You know what I mean? It exactly. sucks when it happened. Yeah. And so that it's, I know it's easy. Maybe someone that is listening right now is going through a difficult moment with whatever. Maybe it's not what you want to hear right now. That it's um, an undesired outcome. It's just an experience because that's what that is. It's an experience that you're going through. And hopefully in a year or two or three or whatever, you know, we can look back and think. And sometimes could it be maybe you just lost your job and you're like, my God, I lost. And maybe in about two, three years, you're going to be in with a different job. They look back and like, man, it sucked yeah. when it happened. But I'm glad that, yeah. you know, I went through this when it did. So exactly. I think you God closed some doors, but they opened new doors. And sometimes that he need to close shut that door for you you know and the, we already use it to be comfortable in where you are at and what you have and but the way you want or God's want us to 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 reach our best is going to be like close some doors that we don't want but in the end that's going to be the best for us Very that's true. what I truly believe in. yeah now, do you have any book that you've read in the past that stood out? I don't know if you have the habit of reading or not, but is there any book that maybe you read and made an impact on you? Uh, see, I, well, I don't read too, too much, but right now I'm reading one. Actually, I got it here. It's really good. I just got it from uh, one of my friends. Um, that's uh, Dead Tired and Love It. Mm -hmm. That's... Um, that tired and love, okay. and love it from um i think it's jared lopez yeah jared lopez this is a it's about like um how to be like a better husband and 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 the dad of course but using 
all their the things that God and Jesus like taught you to do it, you know what I mean, in your life to be a better person. So I I think that's really helps you. So I I I didn't finish the book yet, but uh, I have fun reading. I think you have a good stuff there so far. So yeah, I always give my my suggestion to people. Um, you know, consume some type of content if it's maybe a maybe a book or audio book or maybe um, um, YouTube videos or podcasts. You know, there's always like good stuff to to grab positive information from. You know, this is important. I think always uh, try and like um, right now. I'm listening to one audio book and I'm reading a book in Portuguese and an audio book in, in English. And even if I do just ten 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 pages a day, that's good. You know, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Maybe if maybe if it takes you a month to read or let, but yeah. just get in the habit of getting like, hey, let me just sit here for a few minutes. Um, yeah, that's what I try to do. Like, like I said, I don't have the habit to to read all the time, but like, I like to do it. You know what I mean? And then when my free time, try to get like ten page, twenty page, and then yeah. next time do again, and again, and again. So I. I prefer audio, audio books, you know, like yeah. I prefer to listen, but, uh, with the books, I try to force myself to read more. Cause I, since I, I prefer maybe in a car and then I'm listening Yeah. and, uh, but I prefer that. So I haven't tried, I, I need to try the audio books. Yeah, man. Uh, audio books, uh, especially if you, if you have short drives, eh, not that much, but when you have long drives, it's good. It's yes. really good. Uh, maybe you're not going to get you know i don't get i need to listen more than once because sometimes they're going to say something interesting and I start tripping on what they're saying like oh that's nice and then i suddenly i didn't pay attention to past like two or three minutes what happened but that's fine yes. i'll listen again but uh it's good man i'll, I'll tell you what uh, i have mentioned before i don't think i would be where i'm at in in my life i even uh professional personally if i didn't go really seek for more information that could be in books or maybe seminars or retreats or uh, therapies or whatever. Anywhere I can do some self-reflection and get some new information. So uh, the most important thing is people just find what works for you, but just make sure that you, you do something that's going to help with your personal development. And as, of course, as a human being, as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, so agree. for... For all the listeners, I'm getting we're getting close to the interview, and usually what I do, if you're listening for the first time, I like to just reflect on what's said, and then I create a, a short video, uh, sorry, a short audio after from five to twelve minutes, sharing my final thoughts of the interview, and hopefully a content can inspire, and impact, and improve your life in some way. So what are you currently excited about? What's going on with Soul Fighters, with your career or academy? So what you got? Um, well, right now I'm focused on my academy. Uh, like um, to grow even more, you know, like, like I said, I mean, I'm already 36 years old. So I know my career as a professional athlete is getting towards the end. And I'm fine with that. I'm really happy with what I, what I had in my career, what I activated. So now I think it's time to, to be more inside my academy and, and passing that to my students. You know what I mean? So I'm really excited to that moment of my life and I'm happy to that, to, to encourage and, and show and share with them uh, things that I learned through my, my career, uh, not just Jiu-Jitsu, but in life in general, you know? And, uh, that's sort of getting me excited now, you know. I don't have any plans. I might fight in one, one two times, three times. I don't know. I think um, when is the time come, if the offer is good, if if I feel that I need to do that one more test, I go there and do it. But right now, my focus on my academy, my students, and my my personal life to my wife and my my newborn son. So that's that's what I'm making me excited, you know. Right on. So, Takino, thank you so much for uh, your interview, man. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Gustavo. Thank you. I appreciate you to have me. It's a pleasure. And I hope uh, everyone who's listening helped in some, some way. 
All righty. So for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Who's... Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Augusto Tanquinho Mendes. If you're listening just to the final thoughts on Instagram TV at Gustavo Dantas BJJ, Tanquinho is the co-founder of Soul Fighters Jiu-Jitsu Association. He is an IBJJF Black Belt Gi and Ogi World Champion and most recently 2019 ADCC World Champion. He shared that his discipline is a habit that he practices daily and it's responsible for his success on and off the mat. He shared his ADCC experience, and my takeaway from the interview came when he was talking about being honest to yourself, which inspired me to title this episode, Be Honest to Yourself. Before the training camp for the competition started, he decided to reevaluate why he didn't win the previous four times he competed at the ADCC. He was honest with himself, and Tankian realized that he didn't prepare himself as well as he thought he did. During the interview, he shares more about this realization looking back into previous ADCC experiences. I mentioned during the interview that it's essential to surround yourself with positive and supportive people in your life that you trust because there are moments in our lives that we need someone we trust to give us honest feedback and it could be something that we can see at all that is happening. It's called your blind spot, which is one of the key elements of the concept I'm going to share with you right now. This concept is called the Johari Window. It's a tool that helps you better understand your relationship with yourself, self-awareness, and others' social awareness. If you want to develop a positive and rational business or even develop a relationship with someone, this is a great resource. Imagine four even quadrants with two axes. The one on the top says, known by yourself or not, and the other one says, known by others or not. I will post a picture of the Johari window in this episode's description at the BJJMetalCoachPodcast.com. Each quadrant represents a different area. The first one is the open area. What others know about you and you know too. Let's say Tunkin, for example, he's a black belt world champion, has an academy. He's one of the soul fighter leaders. The next one is the blind area. What others know about you and you don't know. Maybe can come across as intimidating and oftentimes arrogant, even though you don't mean to. That is a blind spot. Hidden area. What others don't know about you, but you do. It's your secrets per se. How much information about yourself would you like to share with others? That's up to you. The fourth one is the unknown area. What others don't know about you and you don't know either. The goal of the model is to make the open area as large as possible and make the blind, hidden, and unknown as small as possible if you wish to develop an even more honest, meaningful, and rational relationship personally and or professionally. Now you might be asking me, how do we do that? How do you expand our open area? There are two main actions to be taken. The first one is self-disclosure. Self-disclosure is the process of communication by which one person reveals honest information about himself or herself to another. The suggestion is to start attacking the hidden area with self-disclosure. You choose to share or expose more of yourself or not. Remember, the hidden area is what others don't know about you, but you do. With that said, to enlarge my open area and minimize the hidden area with you, the listener, Little by little, I share honest and genuine personal experience with you. This way, you get to know me more. In the same way you have personal associations in your life, you also have virtual associations as well. If you're a consistent listener of the podcast, I understand that I'm one of your virtual associations, people who are sharing content that you follow on a podcast, YouTube, or whatever other sources. For example, one positive virtual association that I have is with Brandon Burchard, the world's leading high-performance coach. As a certified high-performance coach through his program, I consumed a lot of his personal development content, and it has made a big impact on me. And I want to be a virtual association for you as well through the podcast. And if you think about it, every time I release an episode, my relationship with you, the listener, gets richer and my open area gets enlarged. Why? Because even though I'm a virtual association for you or not for some people who already know me personally, the hidden area gets a little smaller when I disclose something with you that I knew but you didn't know about me, like when I shared before about me dealing with social anxiety. Each episode, you get to know me a little better. 
The second action necessary to expand your open area is feedback. Expanding yourself through the blind area where they know something that you don't know involves both asking and receiving constructive feedback. Then self-disclosure and feedback will provide you knowledge to more and more get to the unknown area and altogether will continue to enlarge the open area. Have you ever been in a situation at work, school, or whatever in which multiple people make complaints and or observations about a specific individual? Here's the thing. I read that sharing feedbacks is a lot like the green tail story. If someone says that you have a green tail, the person is crazy. If two people say it's a conspiracy. If seven people say that you have a green tail, you turn around and look. Self-acceptance and growth mindset are crucial when asking or receiving feedback. Accept the fact that you are a human being with good and not so good qualities, and it's your job to work on the not so good qualities with a growth mindset so you can keep growing your open area with people that you wish to develop a good and healthy relationship. I always mention the motivational speaker Les Brown's quote, someone's opinion of you don't have to become your reality. However, if seven people are saying so, turn around and look. To wrap it up, the Juhari window is a tool that can improve your self-awareness and your social awareness. Reflect on your blind and hidden areas, be honest to yourself, and ask for feedback and use self-disclosure, and you'll be able to minimize the unknown area and keep growing the open area. Os. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, but the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.